Welcome to this message by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Bishop Edwin Ogo is a seasoned minister of the Word of God whose messages on Christian living, church building, and the work of the ministry are a great inspiration to ministers all over the world. He pastors the Mackinac Cathedral in Oyibi, where he ministers powerfully in various services, transforming lives and raising zealous church workers. You will experience the transformational force and power of God's word as he ministers passionately to you today. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. I want to go on deeper.
to be spiritual, to have prayed for many hours, surrounded by His Spirit and feeling His goodness. Turn off your phone, that's when you know He's there with you. You're gonna spend your days in His presence. Instrumentalists, beautiful. We've taken off powerfully, and I think that you know, as she was singing, I saw a face. I will not be spooky and over spiritual to say it was the face of Jesus or the face of God, but there was a face in the sky that was smiling as she was singing and the interpretation of that visage that I received in the spirit was God is happy that at long last the men and women he's called have gathered to receive knowledge to do a better job at shepherding. I feel confident to tell you that God is happy with this meeting. Yes. I wouldn't say the face was God's face or the face of Jesus but a face was smiling that at long last he's been able to get you to sit down 
to get you to pay attention. Because Hosea 4 6 is unequivocal in God's in, in declaring God's hatred for priests who do not love knowledge. He hates them so much that he rejects them. He just throws them away. Yes. He banishes them from his presence. He said, you are rejecting knowledge. I will also reject you. That you will be no priest to me. And I believe that in this evening's two sessions, short sessions we are going to have, your ministerial and your pastoral stature will be developed. You will be bigger, you will be heavier, and you will be more powerful than you were even before you came into this session. And I want to tell those who are online that you are at the right place, at the right time. I have great joy in welcoming, welcoming again my big brother, my friend, a pastor, and a pastor who is working. Not all pastors are working. But this man, when he preaches, you can see that he is working as a pastor. Help me and let's receive Bishop Ni Adedu Amar. Clap your hands for Jesus. Thank you very much. Father, we thank you so much. We count ourselves privileged and honored that you can speak through us just as we are. Once again, I pray for a good ground heart that every word will fall on a good ground and yield forth a hundredfold. We thank you. Holy Spirit, have your way. Teach us. Admonish us. Direct us. Let your word be light to illuminate our path. To quench every darkness in our ministry. In our lives. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And let everyone say, Amen. Amen. Wonderful. You may please be seated. Once again, thank you very much. My senior brother in ministry, amen. You know, since I came to the Kodesh four years ago, I always find it very, very difficult to preach on the pulpit, <laughs> on the stage. So I'm always down. I don't count myself worthy to preach on the stage. You can watch any of the Kodesh messages. I hardly stay there. There are times I purpose in my heart, as for today, I'll preach from there. By the time I finish prayer, I'm down. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's a great privilege, and I don't count it for granted. Amen. 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 Let's clap for our pastor for the love that he has for us. You know, I've never seen my face on huge billboards like he has done to me. And I'll retaliate. <laughs> Hallelujah. I believe that you've had some rest and I believe that the dessert of tonight will bless your hearts. Amen. We had some solid meals earlier on. I think this one is dessert. The evening desserts, you don't eat too heavily. Hallelujah. 
But I thank God for this time. Amen. Amen. And I think that God is taking us places. You know, it takes just a word. At times it takes just a word to bring a transformation to your life. When I was in secondary school, you know, I think, I think it was from 4, 1978 or so. <laughs> it took just a word that a preacher was preaching. I don't remember what topic he was preaching on or the message, but I remember they quoted Jeremiah 29, 11. And some way, somehow, that scripture got stuck in my heart. And so every circumstance I feel, I say, God, is that the expected end that you talked about? At times I go through very difficult times, especially when I was studying in the UK, and I always remind God that you say, you know the plans you have for my life. He said, they are good plans. They are not bad plans. Plans to give me a future. To give me an expected end. Hallelujah. And I thank God that I'm working in those plans. And you are also going to work in those, work in those plans. I said, you are also going to work in those plans. As you have come to this conference, your life will not be the same. I was in a camp in uh, Kumasi. Thousand micro churches. That was a camp. And I want to start this session with that testimony. Because I want to talk briefly about how different people were called. And I'm telling you how I was called. Amen. I was working as a financial planning manager in Ashanti Goldfields. My office was at the Gold House. And I went for this camp in Kumasi. And Bishop was ministering on Jacob. How Jacob went to stay with his uncle Laban as an individual and as he was leaving and Bishop was ministering and he was saying two nations are in thy womb and I was in the mission I was receiving I'm saying this so that you pay attention tonight and the days ahead because the words that come out of the pulpit their spirit and their life Amen. So I was on about the third or fourth row and I was receiving. And Bishop was ministering. Two nations are in thy womb. And I felt a key into my hands. I felt something in my hands. At that time, I had, to, I had taken my leave. So I felt strongly God had called me. Just by that ministration. So I told my wife, I think that God wants me to come into full-time ministry. Yeah. And she said, Well, if that's what you think, I believe you. Wow. Just like that. that. And my wife, you know, she's a Spanish graduate. So, whilst on break, we began to plan which country we're going to tell Bishop that Bishop, we think we we can go to this country. (laughs) You have to be a man of faith. But we've just had a word and went on break. I told my wife, then we began to plan. So, we're planning, looking for a Spanish country. I'll preach in English, then she will interpret in Spanish. (laughs) Now, on the next break, I had a call from my office. There's a lady, she's also a Christian. She's she's next office to mine, and at times we share scriptures together. We share quiet times, we pray together. Then she asked me a question. 
are you planning to resign? Of course, at that time, I told my wife, when I get back to work, I was going to resign. It was just my wife I told. So, are you planning to resign? And then I said, why? So, he said, the Lord spoke to her that night. That that is what I was planning to do. That she would tell me that it is not time. So, I come and I said, ah, this is what this lady called to say. I said, well, I have not told her anything. I mean, she's not my friend to even call her. So, I said, okay, then I believe what she said. So, I knew that God had called me, but it wasn't time. She didn't say, what you heard is not true. She said, God says, it is not time. Hallelujah. God says, it wasn't time. And that was just through administration. As the bishop was ministering and he was prophesying from the word of God. Two nations are in thy womb. Just there, the Lord ministered to me. So I didn't resign, but I came back to work. And within a short time, I was called and told there is a vacancy in Zimbabwe that they want to send me there. I said, wow, Zimbabwe. So I told Bishop that uh, my company said they would send me to Zimbabwe. Bishop said, wow, we've been trying to enter Zimbabwe for a long time. He said, we've been trying to enter Zimbabwe for a long time. So, it's a good thing. I was a shepherd at that time. I wasn't the pastor. So, that November, my 40th birthday, I invited Bishop to Takradi. He came, and then he appointed me a pastor. <laughs> there was one evening at the Takradi church, called a few of us and had a service and appointed me and some two other people. Me, my wife, and some two others. Appointed as pastors. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that is where he commissioned me that when you go to Zimbabwe, go and start church. Amen. So I went to Zimbabwe. I started church by the great. In fact, I went to Zimbabwe like January or February, yeah. By the Easter, by the Easter Sunday was our first service. So we started church and the rest is history. Now after I have gone and returned, one day I was praying and I asked God that you said two nations are in thy womb. Where are the nations? And the Lord said to me, Zimbabwe is one nation because you went there to start the church. And interestingly, whilst I was working in Zimbabwe, one of the business partners, a man who was doing business with the company, is a Zambian, very, very rich Zambian supplies to the gold mines. He became my friend. Apparently in his church he's a bishop and a professor also. <laughs> he became my friend. He has um, guest houses. Very rich man in Zambia. So one day I was chatting with him and I said, oh, I think my church would like to come into Zambia. He said, is that so? I said, oh, yes. He said, he will, he will give us any help that we want. Wow. So I called Accra and told Accra and that was when Bishop Sawyer was sent to. So Bishop Sawyer actually came to Zimbabwe. And I put him in my car and drove him to Zambia. And went to hand him over to the man. And the man put him in his guest house. And the Lord said to me, those are the two nations. Zambia and Zimbabwe. There is no word of God that God speaks 
that does not accomplish the purpose for which it was spoken. And tonight, God is going to speak to you. I said tonight, God is going to speak to you. I said tonight, God is going to speak to you. Through the word that is coming out of this pulpit. And I tell you, whatever word of God that you receive, if you take it serious, you will see the manifestations thereof. Clap your hands to the Lord. So God told me, these are the two nations. Zambia and Zimbabwe. I said, wow. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Sit down. Now when I came back to Bibiani, so I came back to Ashanti Goldfields. I finished my work there three and a half years. I came back. We started church. In fact, the church did fantastically well. We were in a in a town where we were, within two years, the church bought a building. Oh, yes, that Bindura building. And, you know, interestingly, when we were buying that building, that building was a building that was belonged to a secret society. So it's been there for years. Nobody has ever entered that building in that town. And we, within, we started the church within two years. One of my members told me he knows the caretaker. So I met the caretaker and negotiated. Said so the owners were in South Africa. So I called them. We negotiated. We agreed on the price. We bought that building, which belongs to the lodge. Now, the first day that we moved into that building, on the Saturday, the whole town came to stand there to look. That he, they couldn't believe that human beings could enter there because there are so many stories about the building that um, people have been buried there. So many things. And interestingly, even pastors in town, because of the way the church was growing, they were suspecting the church and spreading rumor about the pastors. So the day we entered the place, the pastor said, ah, we said it. These guys are using occult. <laughs> but what God has purposed, nothing can stop it. I said, what God has purposed, nothing can stop it. Amen. So I came to Bibiani for a year. And you see, that was when now the call of God became stronger. Now God has fulfilled what he wanted to do. So yes, I wouldn't say that I was called after. I knew when I was called in Kumasi. Amen. But then God still wanted me to do some exercise, some work. So God can call you, maybe you are working somewhere. Doesn't mean you just drop your work and go. You have to be sensitive to the spirit of God. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So there may be many young people in our churches who are called. The father of the person is a student, doesn't mean he's not called. The father of the person is working somewhere, doesn't mean he's not called. Because God called me, but God told me, it is not time. And God proved to me, through everything that happened, that it wasn't time. Now, when I came to Bibini, I was working. I worked in Bibini when I came from Zimbabwe. I worked in Bibini for a year. Now, during that one year, believe me or not, I go and sit in the office. I didn't know how to work. God took every ability to work as an accountant out of my my brains. I sit in the office, I look at the computer, I look at the reports. I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) At times I sit in the office and I'll be feeling dizzy. Because now the time had come. One Saturday, 
When I came from Zimbabwe, I told Bishop, Bishop, I think I want to come full time. Bishop said, oh, no. I said, oh, yes, Bishop. Then he said to me, go and talk to your employees to pay you off. I said, ah, but Bishop, nobody does that. Unless they don't need you. When they need you, they will not pay you off. Or you have to resign. He said, don't resign. Don't resign. Go and tell them. So I met my boss who happens to be my friend. And I said, look, I'm tired with this work. Come from Zimbabwe. There were so many challenges. I want to, can you just pay me off to go? (laughs) I was just obeying what Bishop said. Pay me off to go. He said, but you know, we can't do that. We need you in BBN. So you go to BBN. So I went to BBN. I was there. Almost after a year. In fact, one day, just before I resigned, or before I left, we had a dinner with the chief executive, Sam Jonah. He said, Sam Jonah. And during the di- dinner, he pointed to me, say, hey, Nat, so when you leave us, you are going to Lighthouse, eh? That's how he said. So when you leave us, you are going to Lighthouse. I just smiled. I've not told anybody I'm leaving. But I had a chat with Bishop one Friday, one Saturday, very long, over two, three hours on the phone. We're talking. Because I was telling them, no, Bishop, I can't continue to work. Because when I go to the office, I feel dizzy. I can't work. It's time for me to leave. So after two hours of trying to convince Bishop to leave, Bishop said, okay, we are ready for you. I said, wonderful. 10 o'clock on Monday, my boss who I've told a year ago that paid me off, he calls me. He said, you remember last year you said you wanted us to pay off. Are you serious? I said, I'm serious. He said, do you still want to go? I said, yes. At that time, I was reorganizing the place. We are doing restructuring. He said, well, you are the one doing the restructuring. Just restructure the whole thing and take yourself out. Clap your hands for Jesus. And so I was doing the restructuring. I placed the position of the the head of the place below my level and restructured myself out. So what Bishop said a year ago that I obeyed. I got my money and I left and I came to work in the church. Good money. Good man that can buy a house. Hallelujah. Amen. So God's calling, they are never, God never turns back when he calls you. Amen. And there are many ways by which God calls us. There are, after I've come to full time, there are a lot of people that Bishop have sent to me. Oh, maybe people who have come, maybe they also work in the corporate world. They are making money. They say they want to come and work in the church. So oh, go and talk to Niajidu. And when they come, I say, are you called? If you are called, then come. Because the calling has challenges. That if you don't have conviction, you run away. Many have come and run away. Amen. I said the calling has challenges. Amen. That if you don't have conviction, you will come into it and you run away. I'm not saying this to discourage you. I'm saying this to me that the calling is possible. 
Amen. I said the calling is possible. Hallelujah. So when people come to me, I tell them, are you called? Because me, I'm, I was called. I believe strongly. So as I'm called, there's nothing that you will do to me as I am in the system that will make me check out by the grace of God. Because I'm convinced within my heart. Amen. And there are several ways by which God calls people. And I want us to talk about a few of them. And God is not a computer. That this is how he called this, my pastor. So this is how he will call me. This is how he called this person. So this is how he will call me. No. I mean, as I'm telling you the story, it looks very spectacular. But as I was living it, it didn't look spectacular. But there were ordinary days. And ordinary moments. Are you hearing me? Yes. There were ordinary days and ordinary moments. Even a lot of the callings of God in the word of God. They may look very wild and spectacular. But if you put it in the context as the people were living it, it didn't look that much, you know, spectacular. Do you understand? So don't fear the call of God and don't see it as something mighty that it is the daily obedience in the things that you hear from the word of God. The daily obedience. The daily obedience. The daily obedience of small, small things that you hear in the camp. There's ministration. Say, two nations are in the womb. Lifted my hand. I was believing everything that he was saying. I didn't see any kiss in my hand. But I felt something in my hand. If I might say, say, oh, Charlie, and he felt some kiss in his hand. I didn't see anything. But I felt it. And I believed it. And immediately I began to react. I began to act. Amen. Immediately I began to act. If that lady had not called me, I would have resigned. But because one was also praying and believing God, because of Jeremiah 29, 11, that has guided my life all along. Because he so all things work together for the good of them that love God. It's not just one thing. I you understand what I'm saying? Because every day I pray that prayer. And so whatever happens, you know, I'm within the many things, the prayer, the guiding of God, God's plan for my life, everything, all things working together for my good. And it will also work together for your good. I say to work together for your good. Hallelujah. So that is how I was called. Amen. That is how I was called. And I believe it with all my heart that everything that God said, the two nations, God showed me because I went back and asked God, he said two nations. I only went to Zimbabwe. And God showed me Zambia. The fact that I put the missionary in my car. And drove him across the border. If I came to stay with me for one week. Put him in my car. Drove him across the border. And gave him to a Zambian. Who put him in this mission house. His, his uh, guest house. For free. That's how the work in Zambia started. Amen. I said amen. There are many stories. <laughs> you know, now God is not a computer. God calls people in different ways. Amen. And it's good for you to know these things so that number one, you can identify it for yourself. And number two, you can also help somebody in your church. You can have somebody who is under your control to know that God has called a person. Amen. Bishop did not explain to me why he said you are called. 
But at least he's seen me join the church. He has seen me doing one or two things in the Takradi church. He said, you are called. And I believed it. And today I'm here. And I believe there are many people like that in your life. There are many people like that that God has given to us. That God expects us to also lead them in the call of God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Number one. The divine call of Paul through quiet convictions. First Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 16. It says, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. It says, For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. So, Paul had a quiet conviction. Now, this is my testimony. If I didn't tell you, I could also describe mine as a quiet conviction. Because all the drama in it are things that were, I was the only one who was feeling it. Amen? I was the only one who was feeling it. That I just come out of a service and I said, God has called me to full-time ministry. <laughs> <laughs> and I started looking for my country. Amen. We, we began <laughs> as a sec- secretary of the, of, the, of the mission, listing Spanish countries that we're going to go, possible Spanish countries. If the lady had not called, the next break we're going to see Bishop. Because I'm somebody who does things just at once. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so Paul had this quiet conviction within him that if he doesn't preach the gospel, something will happen to him. It's a quiet conviction. It's quiet conviction. So something you may not notice, but it's there. And he said, for necessity is laid upon me. It was laid upon him alone. Not a group laying. It was laid upon him. It's a personal thing. Hallelujah. And there are many of us who have that personal conviction. And yet, at times, you want people, somebody to, you want God to show you something or God to do something. But the thing is in your heart. It's personal in your heart. Are you with me? There is nothing as important as a personal conviction to serve the Lord. There is nothing as important as a personal conviction. When you have a personal conviction, nobody can take it away from you. Amen? I said amen. There is nothing like a personal conviction. Many times I felt the dread of not following the Lord in the ministry. I remember very well Bishop told a story about Prophet Kakra when he wants to come to full time. He told him, oh, look, find work in Kumasi and do. He said to him that I feel if I don't do this move, I will die. If I don't do this move. He said, I felt if I don't do it, I will die. He had a personal conviction. That's why today he is who he is. God, there was a personal conviction. He said, I felt if I don't do it, I will die. And that's what Paul is saying here. That necessity is laid upon me. You may be somebody, there may be somebody under you who would have Maybe doing things that you don't understand. Are you understand what I'm saying? 
But it's good to know all these ways by which God calls people. For yourself and also for the many who are called, who are under your umbrella. To be able to lead people right. At times people, out of their personal conviction, begin to do things which are strange in our midst. It's up to us to direct them. It's up to us to lead them. See somebody who says amen louder than anybody else. Somebody who jumps at every word that is preached from the word of God. There is something that is moving the person to jump. It's not normal to be jumping about like that in the church. There is something. (laughs) Amen. I said there is something that is moving the person. And you are the person's pastor. You are supposed to direct the person. Not to say this guy, what is wrong with him? Can't you sit down quietly in the church? He has a personal conviction. Direct his jumping. Otherwise, you start jumping on girls. And you will be the failure because you didn't direct the jumping very well. You didn't direct his excitement. And that is why God has placed us where he has placed us. So we can direct people who are under us. Hallelujah. Because you see, the conviction is personal. And so many may not understand. I mean, like me coming to work in the church. I mean, a lot of people didn't understand. I was an adult, so I didn't need people's understanding to do what I was doing. I remember very well my uncle, my father has passed. My uncle was supposed to be taking care of us in quotes. I went to tell him out of respect that I'm leaving the mines to work in the church. Yes. He said, are you sure? I said, yes, uncle, I'm sure. It's a personal conviction. So he said, one day, come and pick me to your office. So I went to pick him. He said, doctor, medical doctor. He brought family planning to Ghana. Dr. A.A. Amara. So I went to pick him from his office. I drove him to the Kodesh. I parked the car. I opened his side. He came out of, he was a bit old. He came out of the car. He looked at the Jesus Cathedral. I said, oh, let's go. He said, oh, it's okay. Take me back. <laughs> I had a personal conviction, but he saw a building. <laughs> I said, he saw a building. <laughs> it's okay. The building alone. And that's why building a church where you are is very important. Do you think that if I was taking my uncle to some classroom that we were meeting, he would say, I am mad. He said, my son, it looks like there's something wrong with you. And being a doctor, he could have arranged for some mental uh, doctor to take care of me. We need to give people hope. Amen. I said we need to give people hope under us. Hallelujah. I mean, look at this beautiful place. It's not beautiful. So if for instance, Bishop Gogo is trying to convince someone to come and work here, do you think the person will have a problem? How many companies in Ghana has nice places like this? He got out of the car, looked at the building, the church cathedral, turn left, turn right. I said, Uncle, let's go. He said, It is okay. Take me back to my house. And that was the end of the story. 
That was the end of the story. Hallelujah. We need to direct people's personal convictions. Amen. Yeah, very, very important. Say so necessity is laid upon me. Number two, the divine call of Abraham through the word of God. Through the word of God. Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing and I'll bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Hallelujah. So this is a direct word from God. A direct word from God. A direct word from God. And many of us, we may hear a direct word, but we will not, we will still think that, ah, it is not possible. But God can call you directly. Even as we are preaching today, and I'm saying many are called. Maybe God is speaking to you specifically. We are here as a congregation. We are here as pastors, as leaders, as people who are interested in ministry. And I'm saying that many are called. Maybe you are the one I'm speaking to. Maybe it's that direct word is for you. That direct word may be for you. Maybe that direct word is for somebody in your church. And that is why we need to preach these things to our members. That is one reason why we are holding this conference. Number one, either you bring them here, which is what I will encourage you to do. Because when they are here, they will also hear it. Amen? They will hear it. And they will hear the ingredients and the right way, like he said. But at times, we are not able to direct people. All he says is that you have look, leave what you are doing and come. And he leaves what he is doing and he comes and you cannot, you cannot take care of him. Say, God will take care of you. <laughs> you said it too. He didn't hear from God that God will take care of him. You are the one who said it. So God can call people directly through the word. And you see, it takes a lot of faith to say you have heard from God. Because this guy, Abraham, when God called him, God did not tell him where he was going. He said, leave. As for leaving, he knew where he had to leave. But go. To where? To a place that I will show you. To a place that I will show you. If he knew where he was going, it, wasn't, it wouldn't be faith. Faith is assurance of things over. The evidence of things not seen. If he knew where he was going, it wouldn't have been faith. So get up and go to uh, Egypt. He knew where he was going. I said to a place where I'll show you. And many of us, we want God to show us the end. What it is like. When I was coming to full-time ministry, 
you know where I worked in Ashanti Goldfields, I've never bought credit card before. I didn't know what it was. To buy credit and put it on your phone. I didn't know what it was. By virtue of my position. Yes. I've never paid electricity before. Because of Boise, there's electricity is flowing. I've never bought water, water, okay, water bill. Water bill, there's nothing like that in my life. Fuel into car. I, I, mean, I didn't know the price. I mean, no, I didn't know the price of fuel. By that time, it was worse. We had what we call gas boy key. You take your gas boy to the station, they open it, and then they put it in your car. Really? By virtue of my position. <laughs> So as I was coming into church to full time, and I believe I've been called, it was not easy. I'm telling you. I now have to buy units. I have to prepare myself. You know, when you hear stories of people who have prepared themselves, thinking that God cannot take care of them, it's very funny. I did solar in my house. <laughs> Just in case. I cannot pay electricity again. I can rely on the solar. I bought a car to take the children to school and also to move around and bring some income. <laughs> oh, I even had to use my money to pay the driver. <laughs> you cannot prepare enough to serve God. I said, You cannot prepare enough. To serve God, you cannot prepare enough. I was thinking because once I was working the mines, I mean, I enter my house and it's chilling with air condition. It's chilling. The house is chilling. The whole air condition blows throughout the whole every room, even the kitchen. And I was wondering, can I have this life? I had to travel business class. So can I have this life? But thank God. I've been in this over the years. And I've not been worse off. I've been better off. Yesterday I slept in air conditioning in my home. And yesterday I slept in air conditioning in my home. I drink fresh orange juice and fresh pineapple juice. Every day. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So when God calls you, when God speaks his word, it's by faith. Because when God called Abraham, Abraham left. It's by faith. You serve God by faith. Number three. The divine call of Jacob through a dream. There are many people who dream. You keep on dreaming the same thing. And you keep on hoping that it means something else. <laughs> Somebody will come to you. Oh, always when I dream, I'm holding a Bible and preaching. <laughs> what does it mean? I don't know. <laughs> what else would it mean? <laughs> I said, what else would it mean? <laughs> it means that you should hold Bible and preach. That's what it means. <laughs> it doesn't mean you should leave your job. It means you should hold Bible and preach. There are so many people you can preach to. When you close from work, you are coming home. Hold your Bible and preach. That's what it means. 
That's what it is. It's the call of God. We are not talking about call to food. You said something earlier on. That the call. You said something when you were in the morning. The call. There's no late call. And there's no full time call. Thank you very much. There's no what late call. We have lay pastors in our church. That you don't believe they are lay pastors. I'm telling you. Sundays. I'm there with them after trainings and things. With them in meetings. 2 a.m. Before we leave the office. Meanwhile they are waking up in the morning to go to work. A lay pastor. The same Tuesday. Today I'm not there. Some of them will be happy. Because. (laughs) Normally after service. We are there. There are times I even feel for them. Occasionally I, I leave. Because I don't leave, I've not left. Even when I say that they don't go. Sometimes I leave. When they leave, I go around the estate and come back. So they can go home. I've done that a couple of times. <laughs> but they have the call. And that is what they, I mean, most of us worked as lay pastors for years. I was in Zimbabwe. I had five churches before I left. I was a lay pastor. Lay pastor. I was a lay pastor. There's no lay call. There's no full-time call. There's a call. I said, there is a call. Hallelujah. So the fact that you are dreaming doesn't mean you stop your work. You stop the work you are doing. So I'm saying to you that there are people in your churches who are called. Because many are called. But as Bishop Ogo said earlier, there is no lay call and full-time call. There is a call. There is a call. We have hundreds of pastors in the U.S. In fact, last week, they had a lay conference in uh, Mampong. Powerful lay conference. Powerful. Very powerful. Lay pastors from U.S. and everywhere they met here. <laughs> so, the, it, it is a call. And the lay pastor preached throughout the four days they were here. with, Because he's their boss. He's the lay Lay, lay convener. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. So we should not fear the call of God. When God calls you and you are doing what you are doing, you are responding to the call, he himself gradually will lead you. Like in my case, where when I go to the office, I couldn't work. Bishop, literally, I'll be sitting in the office and I'll be feeling dizzy. In fact, the first day I stepped there, I told my assistant that this work is for you. I told him from day one that this work, where I'm sitting, it is your office. It is not my office. <laughs> Amen? There are many people who are afraid. You can't tell your assistant that. You're afraid. That he will take your job. The job, I don't like it anyway. <laughs> I want to move higher. Amen. As I want to move higher. Any job you are doing that you are afraid somebody else will take your seat, then you, 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 I mean, there's something wrong with you. And there are many of us pastors who are afraid that somebody will rise up in our church. Somebody will rise up and do the things we are doing. And because of that, we don't take them to conferences. Bishop takes us to conferences. He gives us book that he himself is reading. 
He knows that the revelation that he is getting will not get half of it. <laughs> At times he has to explain the book to us before when we read it, we understand it. Or before we cut the revelation in the book. I'm telling you. Several times. And so that makes us afraid of bringing people up. But we should not be afraid. Hallelujah. When people have dreams in your church, direct them. So Jacob had a dream. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth. And the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood on it, stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. So Jacob dreamt. So you see, God was calling him to be the occupier, the father of a nation. He was calling him to be the occupier and the father of a nation. And so he experienced his call through a dream. Hallelujah. The Bible did not say that Abraham had a dream. Abraham was, God spoke to him direct. Jacob had a dream. He was asleep. Number four, I am going through this so that you know that God does not call people through one particular way. God is not a computer. That when you pray, control shift, then something that you expect will happen, will happen. That's not God. He is God. And he calls people differently. Amen? He calls people the way he likes, differently, through various ways. And I don't think that all the methods are, are, are even in the Bible. I don't think the Bible, I mean, have you heard anybody that they said uh, he had a key in his hand? Mine has not been written in the Bible. But it's a call. <laughs> I say it's a call. Hallelujah. Number four, the divine call of Moses through an unusual and unnatural occurrence that drew his attention. Unusual and unnatural atten- at- um, occurrence. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father in law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of deserts and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst. In, in, in Zimbabwe, we see the midst. See the midst. Out of the midst of a bush. And he looked. And behold, the bush burned with fire. And the bush was not consumed. <laughs> Hallelujah. He saw this spectacular scene. And God spoke to him out of the scene. I heard a missionary story, one of our missionaries. I have to even get an update of that story. But it's so spectacular. Something that happened about a month ago. I think this missionary was sent to either Bangladesh or somewhere. And when he went, I think they didn't give him visa. And I've forgotten the circumstance, but he was put in, he was put in police. He was arrested, put in police cell. I think that was something that happened just a month ago. And whilst he was in the police cell, he was just praying. They've taken his passport, everything. One of the police officers came. Say, you, do you have money? Say, yes, how much do you have? 
it's showing, I think he has some money. It's okay, bring, bring, I think 40 or 50 or something. Bring 50. The guy went and he came back with his passport. Say, get. See the door. Go, go far away. <laughs> Is it different from Moses' soon? <laughs> I have not finished. He said, go far away. So he left and went. Now he's even forgotten the route to the hotel where he has lodged. And he was roaming about. Then he went by it's like an accessory. By some seaside. He was just strolling and he was confused. He saw a man sitting there by the seaside. So I think he wanted the name of the place of his hotel. So he approached the man and greeted the man. The man also responded. The man said, I mean, where are you from? Are they having conversation? This man who was sitting by the seaside is called Ibrahim. And he's a Ghanaian. <laughs> and Ibrahim told him that <laughs> Ibrahim told him that if you have met Ibrahim, then all your problems are solved. <laughs> so he told Ibrahim his story Ibrahim said to him go and come and meet me here at the same place tomorrow I have the ambassador to the next is it La, what is that country called Laos or something yes he said the ambassador there or something is his friend so he called the ambassador Ibrahim <laughs> he said my friend said you should come. He said, go and come and meet me here the following day. So he went and he came to meet Ibrahim there the following day. When he got there, Ibrahim has brought him. In fact, when he left, then he found the hotel where he was. But the following day, he went and met Ibrahim by the water side. Ibrahim has brought food. Banku and okro soup. <laughs> In fact, when you hear the story, the story is so fantastic. <laughs> Banku and okra soup with crabs and things inside. <laughs> so he told him, he gave him the contact of the man across the border that he would help him. Now, before he left, he had applied for two schools. In, I think it's Bangladesh. He has applied for two schools there. He has applied for schools, many, but he got two schools. And they said he should start work on the Monday. And this was around maybe Tuesday, the following week was going to start work. But then before he could start work, he needs his work permit. Because without a work permit, he can't take those jobs. So, Ibrahim, so he took car, four hours, crossed the border, went and met this guy. And he actually met the guy, I think, on a Friday or Saturday. So he was saying to the guy, oh, I will come on Monday for that. The guy said, no, no, no. Sunday. The guy took him to the office, did give him permits, work permits, everything. On Sunday. on Sunday. And gave him the work permit to go back. So he got the work permit and went back. Whilst he was even there, the schools were calling him, oh, are you really coming on Monday? That's why I have to get the rest of the story. Because as at the time of going to the press, that was where the story was up to. 
burning bush situation is still happening today. I said burning bush situation is still happening today. Abraham said, so long as you have met me, all your problems have, have, have gone. <laughs> I'm telling you. So long as you have met me, may you meet an Abraham. <laughs> I said, may you meet an Abraham. So this is a young guy who's finished school, who wants to be on missions. By faith, he's moved. And look at the miraculous situations that he's meeting. You need to taste some of these burning bush situations. Bush that is burning, that is not consuming. It's happening today. I say it's happening today. Hallelujah. So you could see this young boy who are you the one to convince him that he's not called? Who are you to convince him that he's not called? Considering the spectacular situations that he's gone through. Who are you to convince him that he's not called? And I'm saying there are people in our churches who meet such situations. God wants you to guide them. And God wants you to bring direction to them. Number five. I'm just giving you situations. Situations. The divine call of Aaron through Moses. Genesis, Exodus chapter 4, verse 14. It said, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he see thee, he'll be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. And put what? Words in his mouth. So if my bishop sends me with words, because as I am in my church preaching, he has put words in my heart. And that is what I minister to the people. It's a call. So if there's a young man in the church who is also consuming the books, because that, that person is called. Because the words of the prophet are in the mouth and the heart of the young man or the person. So we need to open our eyes and be sensitive to the people around us. There are some people they ask very intelligent questions. But when they are asking, the question sounds stupid. So everybody, oh, hey, hey, hey. But then the rest don't understand though. It's him who understands. So by Moses putting words into Aaron's mouth, Aaron has received a ministry. But when they went, I mean in the end, Aaron became like a, one of the champions of, of, the, of the Exodus. But what, who, what did he know? Nothing. It was the words of the prophet of God that puts him in his mouth Speak these words. Speak these words. And there are many people that we can bring up and give them the word of God to speak those words. So when we see in our church, in our midst, people who are preaching from the prophet's book, people who are devouring the books, people who are listening to messages. There's young, one young man who was in my church, he's now in first lab, but he's in the US, always sending me messages. So how do you do this? 
How do you do that? How do you do this? How do you do that? How do you do this? And I could tell clearly that it's a call of God on a young man's life. Clearly. Clearly, you could tell there's a call of God on his life. Always listening to camps. Always sending me pictures of camps that he sees me in the camp. Maybe he's watching a video, then he will take the picture of me. I was listening to this camp, and I saw you. Hey, he said, you are always at the camps. Such a but you could see that yes, there's a clear call on his life. There's a clear call in his life. Young like all the others, university students. But you could see he stands out and he's different. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Number six, the divine call of Joseph through his childhood dreams. We've talked about dreams. But Joseph also was a dreamer. In his dreams, he was always on top. Even his father and mother were below him. Nobody believed his dreams. But they came to pass. I said they came to pass. Number seven, the divine call of Joshua when Moses sent him. When you are sent. You know, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell Bishop anybody. It was only my wife that knew about that. Two nations are in thy womb. I didn't tell anybody. It's after that that I've been, this happened maybe about the third person that I'm sharing that testimony. Okay? This is about the third time. But as I was going to Zimbabwe, Bishop said clearly to me that when you go, start the church. That's the call of God. So something that I didn't tell anybody. Okay? But the prophet can identify it. The prophet can see it. Just that the prophet Moses sent Joshua to go. So just by his sending me, you could see. So the prophet has sent many people. There are people that in your church who you have to send to go and do fellowships. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Send out many. Some will fail. Many will pass. Even those who fail, they will get a second chance. Don't keep them always. In the week, send them out. Start, let them start fellowships of your church. Let them start. Where two or three are gathered, God is there in their midst. God's hand is upon them. God has called them. You have to send them. Moses sent Joshua. And that sending was a mark of his call. In the same way that my bishop sent me. He sent me. If he had not sent me as I was going, I would never have thought that I would be successful in doing it. But because he has sent me, I knew there was a higher power behind me. I knew there was a higher voice behind me. And now I church, many people like that have been sent. Bishop Ogo was a student. Send him, go and start church. You started Mataiko. Mataiko is a big church. He started it as a student. A medical student. Things that have not been heard of has been done. So I'm saying that the people who are with us, when you see somebody with a bright interest in the ministry, don't quench the person's ministry. Send the person out to start a fellowship. You'll be amazed what the person will become. A lot of the churches that you see today, a lot of the charismatic churches you see today, they were all fellowships in the time past. Yeah. Dr. Mason had a fellowship in Kanda. Is that the case? Yes. 
Most of them mention the names. Those fellowships. Send people out. The call of God is on their life. Send them out. You can't give them your Sunday to preach. Nobody's asking you to give them your Sunday to preach. But send them out. Let them go have fellowships. Teach them what to teach. When we went to Korea some years back, as part of the program, we go on, we do, go on home fellowships. And I attended, I mean, one of the years that we went, the fellowship, these Korean ladies, they were holding, Dr. We chose material. They, they read it. They don't explain to us, but they read it. If there's a song, they sing it. If there's a scripture, they read it. When they finish, amen. We finish fellowship. You don't need somebody with first degree to start fellowship. I said, don't need somebody with first degree to start fellowship. Otherwise, we are killing people's cause. How many men of God in this country went to the university? How many? But they are doing great works. I said, they are doing great works. And there are people sitting down in our pews who could also do great works. I'm telling you, if Jesus Christ said, greater works shall you do, then you also have to believe there are people to do. I wish that shepherds and things and I mean are doing great works. I'll be very happy. How my church will grow. How my church will grow. If Moses sent Joshua, don't sit on your Joshua's. I said, don't sit on your Joshua's and see your Joshua's are people who cannot do anything. God has called them. That's the way that you will see that Joshua was called by Moses sending him. Send your people out. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Number eight, the divine call of Samuel by staying in the church and being trained to recognize God's voice which sounds like man's voice. Some of us, we think God has got bass. My son. <laughs> eh? You see, we should encourage people to be around because someone was around. Amen? As you encourage people to be around, you'll be able to see those who have the calling of God upon their lives. After church, they want to be around. Are you with me? They want to be around. That's how we have been trained. Just being around. Maybe some issue is being dealt with. It doesn't concern you. But you are encouraged to be around. And the way your, your father would deal with the issue, what you will learn from it, you will not learn from any book. You will not learn from any quotation anywhere. The way to be dealt with. So Moses, eh, somewhere, was just around. Just around. Just around. We shouldn't just close church and then we pick our bags and sit in our cars and go. What are you going to do? Sunday, what are you going to do? What are you going to do in the house? Ask, ask your neighbor, what, what, what do you do in the house on Sundays? Tell your neighbor, open your eyes, open your eyes. Tell your neighbor, open your eyes. 
and asked him, what do you do on Sundays in the house? And when you get to the house and your food is not ready, then you are annoyed. If you are sitting in the church and done some work, by the time you get home, the food will be ready. <laughs> your wife was meeting the women's group and you have hired and gone home. And food is already complaining. You could have sat at church and met young boys and spoken to them. Because what you preach from the pulpit, I am challenging you. After service on Sunday, do a survey and see how many people can remember what you preach on Sunday. The one-on-one, that is what makes a difference. The small number of group people that you gather around you, that is what makes a difference. Not your pity from puppets. The one-on-one. That's how to make disciples. Jesus Christ stood and spoke to the multitudes. But then he also collected his disciples and went with them privately talking to them. That is what makes the difference. That's how come he didn't leave the church to the multitudes. He left the church to the twelve. Not to the multitudes. Because he has invested more in the, in, in, in the twelve. And the twelve are also in your church. I said the twelve are also in your church. As you leave here, this conference, as as you leave this conference, if you finish search and you collect yourself and you go home, your ministry is ending. I said your ministry is ending. But I believe that there's going to be a change in your ministry. I said there's going to be a change in your ministry. I said there's going to be a change in your ministry. As you meet smaller groups and you speak to them you minister to them one on one four people six people eight people you are teaching them you are talking to them you'll be amazed i say you'll be amazed that there are many who are called in your church whose lives will not remain the same again whose life will not remain the same again i was working in zimbabwe as a lay pastor when one day bishop called me he said, I'm having meetings with some of my, my, my senior pastors. Would you like to come? To me, it was an instruction to come. It was a privilege. It was in Mampo. I've never been to such a meeting before. He said, would you like to come? The following day, I was on an aeroplane. He didn't send me tickets. I said, I was on an aeroplane. Coming. That was my first meeting with him and the seniors in the church. Small group. And there are people like that in your church who would want small group interaction with you. Who would want to come close to you. We shouldn't build shields around ourselves. We shouldn't have security around ourselves. Security said that we cannot minister to the sheep that God has given to us. Have you seen a shepherd with security before? Did Jesus Christ have some macho men with him? That I could even go into the house of Mary and Martha to minister to them personally. What are we doing with our bodyguards? I always tell the people around me, never refuse anybody who wants to see me. And I announce in the church, I am available. This is my phone number. You can ring me anytime. Never refuse anybody who wants to see me. I'm not the chief executive. If I want to be a chief executive, I would have stayed in Ashanti Goldfields. But now I'll be chief financial officer. 
but I'm a shepherd. I say I'm a shepherd. And I'm learning to be a great shepherd. So I'm learning to be a great shepherd. There are many people around us who are called. But we are not opening the door for them to enter and go and come. But that is changing. I said that is changing. I said that is changing. I feel we have to lift our hands and just pray for one minute. That God change that in me, Lord. Change that in me. Change that in me. Change that in me. Change that in me, Lord. Change that in me, Lord. Change that in me, Lord. Change something in my heart. Oh, yes. Even as I live in this conference, even as I stay in this conference, even as Bishop God talks about the heart, change my heart, oh God. Change my heart, oh God. Change my heart, oh God. Let me have a heart like yours. A heart like yours. A heart like yours. Full of compassion. A heart like yours. Desiring, oh God, to do the things that you need. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. Amen. Clap your hands to Jesus. Sit down as I draw to a close. So someone was hanging around. Someone was hanging around. When people are hanging around, they get opportunity to be be corrected. Yeah. He said, this guy is funny. He's a very funny guy. That funny guy, when he comes around you and he talks, there will be opportunity for him to be corrected. There will be opportunity for him to be corrected. But someone was corrected. He thought there was a man who was speaking to him. When God was speaking to him. He said, go again. Go again. He lied to him. He lied to him. He said, look. He says, what, what is wrong with you? I have not called you. Come on, go, go away. But then Eli told him what to do. When you hear it again what to do. He told him exactly what to do. He gave him direction. And that's how come that great prophet Samuel received his calling. The priest he was staying with gave him direction. If Samuel was in his house, there was no way he would have known that it is God. And the next time the voice came, Frimiso made her. Say Frimiso. But then, the priest told him. But the priest knew that it was God who was calling him. And it is you who will know. Just like my pastor knew that God had called me. And he said to me that you are called. It's a priest who will know. But when you don't keep them around you, how will they know? How will you direct them? How will you direct them? There are many people who are going waste. And the work of the Lord is left undone. Because you and I are not directing them. Like Eli directed Samuel. But that is changing from today. I said that is changing from today. I said that is changing from today. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Number nine. The divine call of Elisha. By having a mantle thrown on him. This one, we like these ones. Mantle. Mantle. <laughs> this is what we like. 
But see, there are many. There are many. Maybe the mantle could be a word that is spoken. Yeah. It's a token. Something that is given to you. The way you receive it shows your appreciation of the servant of God. So it's not always a cloth that will be thrown on you. Amen. I can say that I received my mantle when I was, I, my hands were lifted. My hands were lifted very high. I was receiving so much. And Bishop was ministering. Two nations are in thy womb. Look, since that day, I've never listened to that camp. I know if I listen, something will happen to me. Some way, somehow, I'm afraid to listen to that camp. I knew what I caught in that camp. I knew what I caught in that camp. You are catching something from here. I say you are catching something from here. I say you are catching something from here. I say you are catching something from here. So he departed hence and found Elisha the son of Shaphat who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him. And he with the twelve. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. So you all know what happened to Elijah thereafter. Number ten, the divine call of Jeroboam through the word of the prophets. I think we've gone through one search. God speaking, the prophet speaking. Hallelujah. The prophet said, go and start church. And that is it. To me, God has spoken. Amen. Yeah, to me, God has spoken. That's how much I believe it. That's how much I can risk my life and my career to carry pulpits, black pulpits from Ghana to Zimbabwe. Family altar. Does it make sense to you? I said, does it make sense to you to carry black pulpits? Finance director carrying black pulpits. I a juju man or something. <laughs> but I believe the prophet. <laughs> And it's part of the starter pack. Carried my black puppets, two offering baskets, and a banner. Lighthouse Chapel International, the mega church. May we be a shining light to the nations. I carried it, put them in aeroplane, and send them to Zimbabwe. Because the prophet said, when you go, start the church. How many words have been spoken to you that you have not responded to? And even as you are in this camp, in this conference, I believe strongly God has spoken to you already. And God is speaking to you. And God will continue to speak to you. Don't let the words that God has prepared for you in this conference, don't let them fall to the ground. I say, don't let them fall to the ground. Receive them like jewels. Hallelujah. Number 11, the divine call of David through the anointing of the prophets. These are the ones that we know and we like. <laughs> Number 12, and I'm closing, the divine call of Solomon through a double dream. Dreaming, just like Joseph. The dreamers. Number 13, the divine call of Isaiah through a vision. Amen. 
14, the divine call of Ezekiel through the word of God. So you could see the word of God appear and appear in the word of God. The word of God. God can speak to you through visions, through dreams, through your pastor. Believe the word that God speaks to you through your pastor. It's very, very powerful. Amen? Especially when your pastor calls you and he opens the word of God and speaks to you. Number 15, the divine call of Jeremiah through the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Have you learned something today? Have you learned something today? Have you learned something today? Let me give you the last three, then I'll close. In case that's the one that is, 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 is part of you. Or divine call of Peter, Andrew, James, and John by being asked to follow. It's very powerful. Just follow me. Just follow me. Make the people in your church follow you. They should follow you to the gardens to go and pray. They should follow you to this conference. No senior pastor should come to this conference alone tomorrow. Please, I beg you. Don't come alone tomorrow. How much will it cost? If you can't pay for the project, you can come it. I'll pay for you. Is there anything to be paid at all? Don't come to this conference alone tomorrow. Jesus was just walking. He was calling the guys, follow me. Follow me. And today, their names are on our lips. We've not forgotten who they are. And God is going to establish the throne even on their, these 12 guys. But ordinarily, he was walking and he said, just follow me. Then this one called his brother, tell him, I'll sit there, come, come. Some guy be said, we should follow you. Come, let's go. <laughs> Some guy said, we should follow him. Tell him, come, he looks like he's a good guy. Come, let's follow him. There are many people who want to follow you. I don't know what they saw, whether it's words, whether it spoke slangs, or he was wearing some nice clothing or some sandals, I don't know. But there are many people who want to follow you, maybe just because of the way you dress to church. But by coming close to you because of the way you dress, something can rub on them. Many people want to follow you because of maybe something you do. They like you, pastor. Don't shoot them away. Jesus never shoot anybody away. He said, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. So just by those guys following Jesus. And you can see that the simplest of the callings in the Bible. The simplest. Oh, follow me. Follow me. Just follow me. <laughs> it's not like a dream. It's not like a burning bush. It's not like a vision. Oh, oh just follow me. Just follow me. The simple ones. And I'm saying there are many people who can follow you. If we allow the many who are called in our church to follow us, I'm telling you, you will raise an army in your church. I say you will raise an army in your church. The divine call of, call of Paul through spectacular and supernatural visitations. You know how Paul fell and lightning you. That's what you want. How many people will see lightnings? Paul was one person. But look at Jesus. Twelve. Now he called. Twelve. The simplest way. Call the largest number of people. The simplest way. All that we've looked at are one. Joshua. Moses. This. Abraham. One. 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 But the simplest way. Twelve. Twelve. And I'm saying it is, doesn't cost anything for people to follow you in your church. 
As a matter of fact, you go home too early after church. But that is changing. I said, that is changing. As a pastor, you shouldn't see the light. Do you understand? On Sunday, you shouldn't see light. When you finish preaching and you start counseling, and you shouldn't see light. By the time you come out of your counseling or your office or your conference room, it should be dark. I hardly see light. Preaching, I finish meetings, 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 meetings. Either that I forget to eat. And you have spread a three course meal. Soup. <laughs> what is the main course? <laughs> I said, what is your main Sunday course? Banku. With okra soup like the one Ibrahim gave the, gave the guy. And when you finish ice cream on a Sunday, a pastor, you're having soup, banku and okra and ice cream. There is something wrong. Did you ever see Jesus Christ drinking soup and eating banku and okra on a Sunday? <laughs> when you're supposed to be holy on the Sabbath. Look <laughs> at the things you are eating. Hallelujah. We are living here blessed. We are living here transformed. We are living here changed. Shall we rise on our feet? Shall we rise on our feet? Just thank God. Thank God for what you have heard. Thank you, Lord, for your Open your mouth and thank God for what you have heard. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And for what you are about to hear. Thank you, Lord. Thank Him for what you have heard. And for what you are about to hear. Thank Him for what you have heard. And for what you are about to hear. Thank Him for what you have heard. And what you are about to hear. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Once again, Lord, let your word fall on good ground hearts. Let us live here, O God, as doers of the word. Let us live here, O God, as people who are going to raise hundreds to follow us. In the name of Jesus, because your word says that many are called. The many who are called, O God, in our churches. The many who are called, O God, under us. Father, don't let them fall by the roadside. Don't let them go wayward. The many who are called. The many you have brought to us. Who are called. Don't let them fall by the roadside. Don't let them fall by the wayside. But cause us to cause them to follow us. Let them follow us, O God. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let hundreds follow us. 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 In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We give you the glory. Let us not remain the same again. In Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. Amen. Shall we clap our hands and receive Bishop Ogo?
His church members are blessed. Yeah. These are the pastors God is looking for. You see how he even brings life to the verses, to the points. Because he's working. He's working. I was in France last week. I had a conference and I told them something I had never said before or had never occurred to me before. I told them that the word of God you use is the word of God that will be useful to you. And you see, he's ministering the word of God with dexterity. Dexterity. Why? Is it because he's an orator? An eloquent statesman? No. He's, he's using the word. He's obeying the word. He's working. He's doing the things that must be done. He's working. So you can see that the verses are useful to him and to us. I want to encourage you that when you get back to your church, go and put your church to work. Yes. Go and put your church to work. We trust that you have been mightily blessed and affected by the word of God preached by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Do join one of our lovely services from the Mackinac Cathedral near Valley View University, OUB, Accra, this and every weekend at 7.30pm on Saturdays, as well as 7.30am and 12 noon on Sundays. Connect with Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo on Facebook Live, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.